Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to a special episode of the Lunar Nation podcast. This is your host, Sagoon, and my co-host, Arrow. So, uh, Franz, who's one of our other co-hosts, is actually on a journey in a small spaceship at Mars to see if aliens are real or not. So, he'll be back in the next episode. Um, so, I just want to mention today, we actually it's actually a really special episode. So, we have a special guest on the line, Patoshi Nakamoto who's the great lost son of the great uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, who's the one that actually developed Bitcoin, apparently. So he has a lot of knowledge in crypto and uh, the NFT space. So I think it'll bring a lot of value to the audience that are listening in. But before he blesses us with his incredible and powerful wisdom, I just want to introduce this topic of the digital currency realm which is the cryptocurrencies and leading up to the NFTs. So to introduce cryptocurrencies, the most generic way possible, uh, which exists digitally or virtually to make secure transactions. And that includes such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, etc. Cryptocurrency actually doesn't have a central issuing or regulating authority, but uses a decentralized system to record transactions and issues new units. So it's basically a peer-to-peer system that allows anyone to basically send or receive payments. So it's much, much you know, easier compared to the physical you know, currency that we have right now. And uh, it basically is in the digital ent- entries as an online database and there's specific transactions, hashes that are included. Now that I've uh, now that I've basically introduced this topic, I really want you guys to know what Potoshi, who Potoshi is. So I'll just let him take the floor from here. Yeah, thanks, uh, Segun, for that amazing introduction. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast, the Lunar Nation podcast. It's an honor. So um, a little background about myself. Um, <clears throat> um, I've been in the crypto space uh, since 2017. And um, I really got into it. Uh, I was doing e-commerce at the time. And then um, I stumbled across the Bitcoin logo. I kept seeing it everywhere. And um, a lot of people were talking about it. At the time, uh, Bitcoin was probably around $4,000. And I would I would watch the charts day to day before buying any. And I would see this thing just keep going up, keep going up, maybe like $1,000 increase per day. And I was like, wow, this is nuts. So I ended up buying a little and then um, I just saw my balance keep going up and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is actually like too easy. Yeah, you, you got really addicted with, you know, that that gains, you know, you don't really yeah, normally yeah. see that, you know. The, the and- gains, yeah, because I had never, I wasn't even into stocks that much uh, before, but yeah, crypto was, uh, the type of gains was crazy. Yeah, you we see. were seeing 100% gains on many different coins. Oh, more than 100%, you know, yeah. you see like 1,000%, 2,000%, right? I'm telling you, yeah, and that's what attracted me because stocks, like you wouldn't find that in stocks. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But also I, I had a question. So basically like, did you really think, like, did you really like centralized banks or do you really like physical money? At the t- you- yeah, uh, I'm sorry, uh, finish your question. Yeah. So what I was going to say is like, did you, did you really, were you really like getting into crypto because you want to get away from that? Or is it just because you were, you really want to see those gains? Yeah. So at the time in 2017, I wasn't really, um, 
I, I feel like I didn't have that much knowledge around centralized banks and kind of how they operate. Um, the more I learned about Bitcoin is what opened up my eyes to a more decentralized world. Like, it really does make sense. Why is the banks controlling our money and yeah. our investment? Like, basically, they're investing our money because when a bank gets money, they loan it out. You know, they're making money on your money. Exactly. Um, with, with crypto, you can make money on your own money just by yield farming. You can stake your crypto. See, we like banks will give you what? Maybe one or two percent. Yeah, no, not you. <laughs> some, yeah. Some won't. yeah. But decentralization, you know, you can make maybe make 10 percent or 16 percent a year. But it does come with risks. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if you heard about the Celsius. You know, Oh, the yes, Celsius. yes. So I just wanted to say. Um, so Celsius is basically another uh, like staking platform, basically, basically where you can buy crypto, you know, you can lend crypto as well. So I did have a position in Celsius, so I really, really feel bad. So whenever I'm reminded of, you know, the Celsius, I had full faith in Celsius because like I would have different cryptocurrencies, right? Like, you know, Avalanche, you know, there's a there's a lot of cryptocurrencies that I had and I had it staked. Basically, staking is when you uh, you basically lend that crypto to that i guess that organization in order to you know just just basically like giving giving them your money right in order for you to you know gain some kind of interest in it right yeah so basically I, yeah basically you stake your crypto um you give it to you know celsius for example they hold on to your crypto and then they pay you an interest an interest yield on it exactly um, like go ahead go ahead yeah, but unfortunately, what happened with Celsius was they were loaning out your crypto and they were hedging. They were way too leveraged. And eventually they didn't have enough uh, deposits to pay back their users who wanted to withdraw. Exactly. And it's such a sad situation. Yeah, I just want to see Arrow's perspective on it as well. I think yep. Arrow, hopefully Arrow didn't get <laughs> messed up by Celsius. Okay. What's up, everyone? Um so yeah, I'm listening to you guys talk about like you know Celsius staking. Um, so I had a question, you know what I mean? So if someone like doesn't know much about crypto, where do you suggest they? Where's the beginner level? Like where can they understand the foundation? And more importantly, where 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 where, where who who do the, who should they follow? And like you know like what 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 type of uh, information should they? Uh, look for yeah arrow that's a that's actually i think the most important question before getting into crypto if you're not already in it because you know i got into crypto i unfortunately lost money because in crypto there's a bunch of ponzi schemes um unfortunately every new industry will have a scam uh, associated to it um i ended up getting most of my information from um, from Twitter, from Reddit, uh, some YouTube. But over the years, I've come to a conclusion that there's only really a small group of people in crypto who really know what's going on. Um, the rest are just fake, you know, influencers trying to pump their own bags and trying to, you know, create NFT projects that are completely worthless and then rugging the project. So the most important thing is you have to know when you're following someone whether that's on Twitter or any social media platform, is to verify that they know what they're talking about, that they've been in the game for a long time. You know, because a lot of these people will come in, they've only been in crypto maybe for a couple months, 
And then they'll go and like make a YouTube video and they'll tell somebody, oh yeah, this is the coin you should buy. Like, yeah. no, you can't exactly. tell people what coins to buy. Exactly. It's, so they basically have to do their own research because of otherwise. Course, yeah. It's a one for all. Nobody should control your buying power. Exactly. And just, 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 uh, I just want to link with that, you know, like we're, we're throwing all these terms, right? You know, we're throwing Bitcoin, you know, we're throwing Ethereum, we're throwing Litecoin, we're throwing all these, you know, different types of cryptocurrency. And we don't really want to overwhelm our audience, right? Because these like, for people that are new to crypto, they might not even know what an Ethereum is, right? Or they might not even know what a Litecoin is, right? So I just wanted to just quickly introduce like, so the first actual cryptocurrency that was ever, I guess, established is Bitcoin itself. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard of Bitcoin, you know, whether it, it be in, you know, like advertisements, whether it be their friends, you know, Twitter, like what Patoshi is saying. There's a there's a lot of media, you know, that always keeps saying, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, oh, buy Bitcoin, you know, buy the dip, you know, <laughs> you guys see, you guys hear all this thing, right? So it's basically, it was launched in 2009 by a mysterious creator known as Satoshi Nakamoto. So Satoshi Nakamoto, we I didn't mention in the intro, but we don't really know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Satoshi Nakamoto could be a group. So Satoshi, I don't know if you want to add more about that. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's one of the biggest mysteries uh, <laughs> in our lifetime is who is Satoshi Nakamoto. Um there has been some rumors that kind of point to Elon Musk in a really good way because <laughs> Elon founded PayPal and PayPal was actually created uh, to create the first uh, digital currency. That's the reason it was created. Um, over the year, uh, over time, they ended up, you know, making it a peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, kind of cash system, but not decentralized. You got to remember PayPal is centralized or corporation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Elon Musk is, everyone knows he's a wizard and he has the programming knowledge to create Bitcoin. Bitcoin was created uh, in C++, the language, I believe. Yeah. Elon Musk is pretty proficient in that, in that language. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling it could be Elon Musk, but at the end of the day, that person is never going to come to light because the whole idea of Bitcoin is... It's not run by anyone. It's supposed exactly. to be the people's currency. The decentralized. That's the main thing, right? That's it gives us it gives us more power than like, you know, let's say if you were in the stock market, right? I mean, we could say like, you know, it, it does get manipulated by the whales sometimes. For right? sure. But it gives it gives us more of a chance, you know, compared to like all these stocks and everything, like I mentioned, right, that are controlled by the government, you know, I mean, we do have some like sectors, you know, that might not be, but majority of them are, right? So, yes. so that's why I'm just saying also another like fact is, you know, Bitcoin runs 24 seven. So it's like, you can just like, whenever you want to make a transaction, you can make it at like 2am at night. Like, and, and it's not, yeah, it doesn't matter the dollar amount. Exactly. It's not going to cost you, you know, if you want to move $10 billion, in you know 20 minutes what do you what is the best way to move 20 billion dollars is through bitcoin exactly <laughs> you know you, you can't do that through a bank if you want to move you know even a million dollars in a bank it might take you a month or two oh depending yeah depending yeah. who you are 
the all the process everything right but with crypto you just have your uh like let's say your wallet right i mean we can even go into that as well you know you could have your hard wallet or you could have like an exchange you know and you, know, you could do your transactions there i don't know if you patoshi i don't know if you want to go and get into like the hardware hard yeah wallet. so let me tell you um for lunar nation audience um i'm not sure how many of you guys are in crypto but i will tell you this if you are in the U.S. and, you know, some other states that uh, Coinbase, Coinbase is the company you should go to because what I like about Coinbase is they set you up and they protect your assets from getting stolen. If you go and create your own wallet and you don't save your seed phrase or you don't protect your wallet and it gets hacked, you will lose your funds. Oh, Coinbase yeah. is the best beginner wallet that there is. But I, I do want to get your take, uh, Sagoon, what wallet yeah. or what company? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, mean, I do have a lot of experience in this because, like, you know, I've been switching back and forth, back and forth. So it's like, I have like, uh, to be honest, I have like, I think like 25, 30, or like, I, I can't, I can't, honestly, I can't even keep count. But I would yeah, say the tell majority, the audience why you have 25, 30 uh, wallets. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's because of just the risk, you know? Exactly. You get rug pulled, you know? Exactly. You could, I've gotten rug pulled, so I know. Guys, the most important thing is never keep all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Never. Exactly. That's the main point, right? Let's say if you have like, in crypto. Yeah. So let's say if you, if you have like, you know, 30 ETH, you know, or 30 Bitcoin in just one wallet, someone just, you know, somehow drains your wallet. They know your seed phrase. So basically a seed phrase is a code. It's basically, uh, I don't know. I don't well, remember. It's usually a 12. Uh, yeah, 12. Yeah. 12, yeah. 12 letter, 12 word code exactly and then once it once you have that code and if someone else has that code then you're screwed because they have access to your wallet they can just transfer it to their own account but, right but yeah Sagun, i will add most of the hacks that i've seen being in this space are usually not from technical hacks yeah. or somebody knowing your c phrase what i've seen is social engineering oh yeah is how they get you, get your wallet never ever if somebody if you get into crypto somebody dms messages you hey you know, I want to help you, blah, blah, blah. Don't yeah. ever give your seed phrase or any information contained to your wallet because exactly, exactly. they will come after you once you're in crypto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just want to just this is a funny story. So even just yesterday, I mean, I get so many emails They're like, Sagoon, congratulations. You won 0.47 Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, You know what? You know, click this link. Obviously, that link is a phishing scam. Like it's, uh, that's, that's how they get you. I mean, that's, that's how they get a lot of people because a lot of people who are new are naive. They don't know what's going to happen. You know, they, you know, they and that, that, yeah, that's unfortunately how it is. I, when I came into crypto, I was very naive. I didn't know anything that was going on. <laughs> I lost money in uh BitConnect, which was oh, a yeah. huge, huge Ponzi scheme. I oh, can't, yeah. I kind of knew it was a, um, it was a scam. Um, when I put money in it, but I was willing to take that risk yeah. to see if I can get my money out before they, they rug pulled. Exactly. So I had a feeling because sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know. Exactly. I, yeah. I just, I mean, we kind of got sidetracked, but I was just going to say like the exchanges that I use, right? So the, the, the main exchanges that I use are Coinbase, just like what you said, it's very reliable, even though they do have a lot of, you know, the, the fees, you know? Yeah, the, the fees, uh, but yeah. if you're a beginner, yeah, if you're a beginner, fees are worth it because it'll protect you. Exactly. One of my favorites that I've been using ever since I ever started crypto is crypto.com. I just love it because yeah. of the perks that I you remember have. you used to tell me about it back in the day. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like, crypto.com is 
it's wow. it's it's solid okay. i'm telling you because like you can just see the reputation of crypto.com they literally bought out the staple center they have so many sports teams that have crypto.com they have yeah they teams. actually got ronaldo i think or yeah, no well, that was binance maybe no that was binance which binance. i was gonna say about that but honestly for me binance you know how people do say binance is like oh this this I, i've had a negative experience in binance so personally i don't recommend it what happened with you so they just froze my assets for no reason yeah well yeah because are you in the u.s yeah yeah well no but i had the binance u.s version even if i had the binance US oh version, you're saying they froze the binance u.s version even, even the binance u.s version i got into their customer support team i i waited for four or five months and guess what they never reach back they never Did do that crypto in there yeah, it did. I had oh, so much. No. I didn't have a lot, which I got. Yeah, but still, it's, it's a, if it's a U.S. account, they shouldn't be able to. They shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't be able to do it, and they're like, "Actually, by the way, you owe us money." And I was like, "You know what?" But I don't want to get too carried away. But that's that's just a different topic, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Just before, just before I let Arrow speak. Uh, so another uh exchange that I use a lot besides uh Coinbase and Crypto.com is I do use KuCoin. KuCoin because of the fact that there's so many different cryptos that you can buy. Just for the sheer number of cryptos that you can buy, I just I, I just use KuCoin. I do like KuCoin, yeah. It's similar to Binance. It, it might not be the most safest, but it just there's a lot of variety if you want to buy those coins. So yeah, Arrow, uh, if you had something to say, you can... <clears throat> okay. So I really like what you guys have to say. I just want to be a crit critic. So I've been seeing on the, you know, like I read a lot of news and sometimes I come across news where governments are technically getting in and kind of closing down these like, you know, crypto miners and all these different um, uh, like, for example, like China, uh, United States, uh, some in some portions like they kind of come and hammer on this crypto you could say crypto farming or like uh what is the specific word i'm looking for mining yeah there we go crypto mining, mining yeah yeah so <clears throat> it what what do you what do you think is the intention of the government for example uh, and coming in and like for example the chinese government coming in and stopping people from mining is it because a they're afraid or b it consumes a lot of energy which it has and it's just more bad for the environment yeah, I guess I guess I'll let Patoshi. I think he has he has more knowledge about this. So um, it's it's honestly a tough question, um, Errol. But let me tell you this: China, for years, probably since Bitcoin got popular, they they came out with headlines: we're gonna we're gonna um, ban Bitcoin, we're gonna ban crypto mining, we're gonna ban everything to do with crypto industry. They've been saying this for years. Every time they say it. Look what happens. Bitcoin goes higher and higher every bull run. Exactly. So the the miners in China, they they want to be part of the Bitcoin network. They want to, you know, uh, handle the transactions. But the problem is you have the Chinese officials coming and raiding their mining rigs, destroying their equipment. Um, and then, you know, the miners have to travel to different places of the world and that or they have to sell their equipment, which there is a U.S. company who's buying up all the crypto uh, mining rigs from Chinese uh, suppliers because they can't mine over there. So the ch everyone wants to mine. 
mm. especially China. China Everybody and Russia, <laughs> they want to mine Bitcoin because those who mine the most Bitcoin or the most Ethereum, they're, just, they're the ones who control the network, basically. They are the the key holders to processing the tra transactions. So exactly. imagine if you want to be a superpower, the US, China, Russia, if you want to be a digital superpower, you have to control the network. And that's what China was trying to do. But now I think Russia is in the lead. Oh yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of whales there, you know, like imagine like they sell or something, you know, they, they manipulate. It's all uh, for me, like even recently, there's just a lot of price manipulation that's happening, you know? Sometimes yeah. you might see like when it goes down, right? That's all the retail investors that are, you know, they're selling it too. And then all these whales just come up and scoop it, you know, because they yeah. want to get the yeah, best I mean, deal. They, you were talking about some of the, we don't know who these whales are. They could be whales exactly. from, from traditional finance. You know, it could be like regular hedge funds who are in the crypto game. And these guys are the smartest people in the game. Exactly. So they exactly. know how to manipulate easily. Exactly. And one thing I just want to add as well, which is really important, is that compared to the traditional, you know, finance and, you know, this crypto, this is all anonymous. I mean, you just have this like person, you, you're just saying person because we don't even know who it is, right? Yeah. Just someone with a wallet, which could be a coal, like a basically a hard wallet or even like in an exchange, right? Like they're just buying up all this, you know, they, we don't know, who, like it's not, there's no identity, you know, associated with that, you know? They just have it in their wallet. So we just, we can just see the numbers, right? It could, like, be, it could be anyone. It could yeah. be, you know, it could be a, a, the U.S. government for all we know. It, exactly. could be, um, it could be Elon Musk. Who know? We don't know who's behind these, these transactions. Exactly, exactly. So it, it, it does, it does pose that, you know, that interesting question. And that's, that's why, like, for me personally, I just like this crypto space is because, it, you don't have to be all open about it. You know, you don't have to expose all your identity, except in these exchanges where you have to do all these KYCs and stuff. Right. But let's say like you have your hard wallet. Right. Um, let's say like, you know, Void, uh, what, what was it again? Uh, what, Padoshi, what's the what's the like the most famous uh, like hard wallet? Um, Ledger. Ledger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, we, we didn't introduce that, but basically people can have these kind of hardware wallets and they can store all their cryptos in that too. So they don't have to store it in exchange, which is why we mentioned the Celsius, you know, the Celsius situation, because that was stored in an exchange. And look what's happening to people like me, right? Uh, I know. Screwed I know. Over, you know, if, if we had it in a hardware wallet, you're like right. Ledger, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have this problem. You know, we wouldn't like, you could just store it there and it would be there. But the only concern is that imagine if you lose that wallet, then it's gone forever. Right. So exactly. it's yeah. always positive and negative. You're absolutely right. I, the good thing about hardware, hardware wallet is it's not connected to any Wi-Fi or internet. So nobody could really hack it, but you're right. If you lose it, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see those stories about that guy with the, like he was losing like so many millions in Bitcoin because he just forgot his, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. say like uh, where, where his hardware wallet is or, you know, the seed phrase, everything, you know? So it, it's, it's very, very like, I, I, that's why I guess people kind of defer going into the hardware wallet because like, especially the new people, right? Even let's say even people listening to our podcast itself. They might not be the most experienced, right? So they might see the advertisement, you know, even the Super Bowl, you know, they had commercials for Coinbase and stuff, right? So uh, they might go into those exchanges thinking that, you know, oh, it might be okay. But who knows, you know, in the future, 
Like crypto is so volatile to the point that I even think in my personal opinion, all these crypto exchanges could, you know, go poof as well, you know, in the extreme bear market. And I we mean, can talk about it, the bear it's market similar later. to the dot-com bubble. Yeah, when, when, exactly. when an industry is brand new, yeah, you're going to have, in the beginning, you're going to have a lot of, you know, companies come and go. And basically in crypto, these companies are the uh, cryptocurrencies like Litecoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin. Basically, these are companies. Now, who's going to stay after 10, 20 years? Every year, the list changes. The top 10 change every oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the amount of volatility that you have itself, right? You don't know where it's going to go. Like, you have these coins, like, you know, like, uh, what was it? Like Shiba Inu, right? Out of nowhere. Popped, you know? Like, what, what's the utility of it, you know? So, it's like, you never know what's going to happen in this crypto realm, right? You could do an entire, like, five-hour-long episodes of all the coins uh, and all these cryptos, and we still wouldn't get it done, you know? So this page is huge. There's a lot of potential. But yeah, I want to see what Arrow's thoughts were if you had a question. Okay, so here. No, I'm just a question, guy. So what the situation is. So suppose, uh, you know, we have like, we have dollar bills in our pocket. We go buy whatever merchandise. How, what is the value behind a crypto where like, if um, suppose you own, I don't know one ethereum or one uh for example dogecoin and you want to go buy i don't know a tv for example how do these cryptos hold that value and what backs it up because at the end of the day money i think is backed up by gold and the federal government but what is backed up by crypto but yeah it's a great question but let's let's talk about gold i mean what is gold really? It's just like a, it's a rock. We, we're, we're, the people is, yeah. we give it value. What is gold though? I mean, gold it's is a just rare a commodity. Rock. It's a rare, rare rock. Yeah, but Bitcoin is rare too because there's only 21 million. So my question behind that is, uh, uh, so <clears throat> gold is a natural resource, right? You can find it. It's natural. You can't yeah. find, but Bitcoin is artificially made through computers, right? So um, Bitcoin was. Yeah, it was uh, algorithm. Yeah, I think it was yeah, algorithmically so, so the, big, the big question I want to ask is, what prevents someone from going to the computer and making algorithm of that crypto? What, well, they have. So Bitcoin is like the original. It was the first one. So the people gave it its value, its OG value. Now, the other cryptos, they all need utility because you can't just come out and say, oh, yeah, we're like Bitcoin. Buy us instead. That's not how it works. Ethereum, if you really look at it under the hood, it's not a cryptocurrency. Ethereum is a decentralized app store. So if you look at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store, there's a bunch of applications that you can download from that app store. Uh, I'm sorry. Ethereum is more like a operating system. So exactly. you can look at it like Windows or Mac OS or something like that. And you can build different applications on top of it. So that's why I truly believe in Ethereum because it does have the utility there. I think Ethereum compared to Google, Facebook, or Amazon, Amazon Web Services, Ethereum is, you know, it has a chance at beating all of those, being a decentralized, um, you know, data center. 
Yeah. So the, the, I, I like how you just mentioned Ethereum right there. I think I think it kind of goes, uh, it's kind of a good transition to get into, you know, since we've already talked about crypto and crypto, we could have hours and hours long of, you know, the episode, right? We just want to, for this podcast itself, for the audience, just to know, we just want to give like a general, like brief kind of explanation of crypto and, you know, the, the examples that we have. Now, I just want to shift into like NFTs non-fungible tokens and i want to see Patoshi's thought on this yeah hit me with some nft questions yeah yeah for but sure tell so, the audience what an nft is man. yeah exactly exactly so uh basically nfts are non-fungible tokens so that's what it stands for and basically what that means is every every i guess every nft itself is unique upon itself to the point that it has, it's built off, you know, different attributes. So let's, let's say if you have like a person, right, I'll give an example, a person might have, you know, different like hair color, you know, or like different features. So that's kind of what separates uh, NFTs and cryptos itself, because crypto is fungible, meaning that each Bitcoin that you have is the same value. You might throw one Bitcoin and another Bitcoin, but what's the difference between one or the other Bitcoin? There's no difference, but NFTs, you could have one attribute with one, uh, like, you know, with one object and you have, you have another attribute with another object. There's a difference. There's a rarity system. You know, there's, there's that uniqueness that people find value in. So that's, that's kind of my generic explanation of NFTs. And Patoshi, I just want your thoughts, like, just like if you, if you have anything else to add about NFTs or um, just, just to say like, you know, w- what it's really used for. Yeah. I think NFTs is, um, one of the biggest breakthroughs that's that's happened in crypto since bitcoin and maybe ethereum also but so nfts i look at it as you know it's it's not it is still a cryptocurrency like each nft is still basically a cryptocurrency but it's part of a you know a bigger ecosystem so for example um you know the first nft project was called CryptoPunks, um and basically it is ten thousand um you know, digital pictures of, um, you know, I, I don't really know what to call them. They're like figures. Yeah. Like baseball <laughs> figures. Yeah. But basically, there's only 10,000 of them. And each one is uh, unique in its own way. It has different traits. And each trait uh, becomes more unique. So, um, yeah. you know, so- one of these punks might have glasses and you know that might be only 10 percent of the collection that has glasses exactly. so that's what makes each one unique so so you're telling me i can't screenshot this and post it on twitter like yeah i mean anyone can screenshot but you're not the original owner you know i can have a i can have the mona lisa picture in my house but is it actually the mona lisa it's no. probably not so the cool thing about nfts is you can verify ownership on the blockchain you can see you know when that when that NFT was created, who created that NFT, um, and you know, basically, it is a digital collectible. That's the best way to put it. Exactly. So it's yeah. like a Pokemon card. Exactly. And just before uh, Arrow, I think Arrow had some thoughts to it as well. But uh, so like, there's the popular one that you know everyone's heard, right? I mean, especially with CryptoPunks, there's the Board Eight Yakult collection. I mean, you you hear like all these you know popular athletes like these uh, rappers and, you know, everyone just buying these board eight yacht clubs. And you see the, you, you just see the kind of like a value. Like I've heard, I mean, I've from like TikTok and everything, 
owning a board eight yacht club is more prestigious than owning like a Ferrari or something. That's what I heard, you know, because yeah. of just the class that it has, you know, if you own a board eight yacht club, you're in that, you know, that realm, you know, you're, you're within that 10 K realm. You're one of the 10 K P like people that own that, you know, that ape. Yeah. And, and uh, Segun, sorry to cut you off, but let me, um, this is a good point for arrows, uh, comment. He said, you know, what, what gives it value? You know, look at board ape yacht club they are you know they're they raised some funding from uh, some venture capitalists they're a billion dollar company and they just came out a, a couple of years ago billion dollar startup and the reason why they're worth a billion dollars is because of their community they have exactly. the strongest fan base community you will ever see exactly so the people yeah. the people the community is the value you know, you can have, imagine if we had gold and nobody gave gold value, who would want gold? Nobody would want gold. No one would want gold. It's, it's literally about people, people give things value. Exactly. So owning an ape just seemed like that hot new thing, right? So people gave it value. So you own that, you know, that gold board ape, or you own that, you know, different, you know, attributes, you know, different feature board ape that makes you kind of feel special, you know? So that yeah. Is so here's here's a question. So if I'm an audience member, I just heard Border Yacht Club. Now I'm out, I'm curious, what is that? It's it's basically it's just like what we mentioned. It's it's an NFT collection. So basically, of ten thousand apes with different attributes and features. So mm. basically, one ape could have you know glasses. One ape could have like a hat. You know what? It it just depends on yeah. you know different features, and it's algorithmically generated those ten thousand. You know. But, yeah, but even Board Ape now, I mean, the company behind Board Ape is called Yuga Labs, and they are the geniuses behind uh, what's to come. And they're building a, a metaverse, which is going to be a, a huge multiplayer game. It's actually going to be crazy. It's called the other side. Oh yeah. yeah. And now, if you had their NFTs, you you could have got airdrops. So oh, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go yeah, into. I, airdrops. Think, <laughs> I know I could have, right? I missed the opportunity, but yeah, if you had their, that's the utility side of things, right? Owning that bored ape, owning that you know that mutant ape yacht club, it, it gives you that airdrop of that ape token. So ape is basically it's another crypto that uh, the Yuga Labs team decided to make itself. And once you own that, you get airdrop a certain amount. People are making like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars these board ape yacht club holders just by owning this ape itself. So it's like life changing money. People have gone and bought houses with this thing, you know, selling their apes, selling their ape coins, you know. So it, NFTs. I know people say that NFTs. You screenshot it, you know. You do this. I know people on TikTok say that. People on Twitter say that. But if you really want to hear like the utility behind it what the community is about it's more than just a screenshot itself it can make you life-changing money yeah I yeah agree. so you know while i guess we're talking and you're sagoon you're like oh you know buy this you own this uh, kind of like in my head it was playing like i was thinking like i'm in a monopoly board and i'm buying this i'm buying that so anyways it's kind of interesting um yeah, yeah that's what it feels like when you're it, it really does because you spend money you spend the amount of money like you would never spend before and you don't think about it twice. Oh, yeah. And then also, Patoshi, I don't know if you want to quickly just get into the gas fees as well. You know, people spend so much on that, you know. Yeah, so, I remember when the um, the, the land for uh, Yuga Labs, when they released the other side, the land to, to claim the land or to mint land was costing $8,000 because 
everyone was trying to mint at one time to get exactly. this land collectible and it clogged up the network and the fees just it went crazy exactly so gas fees are basically for those transactions to go through itself right let's say if you're buying like an nft right you'd have to pay uh the network a certain amount of fees and then once it, once it does that then the transactions in the blockchain become successful and once it becomes successful then you you're basically the owner of that item itself i don't know patoshi if you had like yeah basically you explained it right so basically the gas fees go to the miners some a portion of it so they can validate those transactions um these miners are computers that you know are solving these uh mathematical equations which verify the 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 transactions and then exactly. yeah eventually you get once those transactions are confirmed you get your nft exactly and i just want to mention to the audience i mean I, hopefully we're not throwing too much information at you guys because there's a lot of things i mean this podcast could be like five hours long in my opinion i could honestly talk for a little like about cryptos and nfts for five hours because i'm so passionate about it right so just like last closing thoughts um I just wanted to, uh, Patoshi's kind of, you know, thoughts on, you know, the market right now, you know, like no one's really talking about this crypto. No one's really talking about NFTs right now. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the market is the way that it is? And what's, what's it to come in, you know, in the future? Yeah. So right now, um, unfortunately crypto does, uh, coincide with, uh, the stock market. Um, so as you can see with stocks, uh, the U S economy economies all around the world are struggling right now. Because now we're seeing what happened um, with COVID. Uh, we're seeing all the aftermath and it's really hitting, you know, finances. So when stocks are down, crypto is usually going to be down. Um, for the future outlook, um, I'm still very confident in crypto. I'm, I'm confident in the technical abilities that crypto has to offer to many industries in the world. Healthcare, oh. um, you know, education um you know military there's so many things that crypto could help with but exactly. right now i think you know economies have to have to get back to normal um because people are not gonna you know not just crypto they're not gonna put their money anywhere people are gonna be scared to spend any cash because they don't know whether gas is gonna keep going up or exactly if, you know th their mortgages are gonna keep going up too much uncertain uncertainty but yeah, it's the, it's the fear itself. But yeah, yeah uh, I, I, crypto I, I, still yeah. has still yeah. has a way to go, and I guarantee you, we're gonna see many many bull runs. So oh, yeah. I would educate everyone listening is to educate yourself. Just do your research. Follow those people who are intelligent in the space, and you know, even ask questions to Segun or Arrow because uh, you know they they definitely know the game too. So ask yeah. questions. Yeah, and uh. I think Patoshi might have a Twitter account, so maybe people can uh, uh, tweet you, follow you uh, in the future. Yeah, so um, you, you can find me on Twitter at uh, just search Patoshi Nakamoto, and um, you should see uh, uh, a mutant ape with a purple background. So that should be me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So hi. So everyone, um, I hope you really enjoyed, you know, listening to Patoshi and Sagoon get in depth with crypto nfts um gas fees utility uh, and the many other topics that they covered i hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions or comments please uh, let us know 
We'd love to hear from you. And more importantly, we might have Patoshi for another round, just depending on who's how interesting the audiences are. But thank you very much, Patoshi, for joining us at Lunar Nation. And yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been a yeah, pleasure. And, you know, uh, we really enjoyed hearing from you. And more importantly, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please like, subscribe, rate, and comment to our podcast. And we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye.